Hello and welcome to the Open Labour Podcast. I'm joined as always by my co-host Tom Hinchcliffe. Hi Tom, how you doing? Hello, I am doing excellently this fine <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're talking about the, by, uh, the Batley and Spen by-election today. Um, as viewers will notice from from our adverts, and uh, we've both been out there, and we've um, well, we were both out there yesterday, and we've both just been discussing before we've done this podcast that we're both a little bit sleep deprived from um, being up all night checking uh, and refreshing t- Twitter accounts and uh, BBC News. Yeah, it was every every kind of hour or two. It was like two o'clock. Check it, like political Twitter, and everyone's like, "Well, there's no." No, um, no, no result due yet. So just like right, go back to sleep. Five o'clock, and then it was like result due soon. They get on the stage, and you're just like, oh god. And it's like I shouldn't have been that nervous at ten past five in the morning. It can't be good for anybody's kind of brain. But yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely knackered now. But it's all worth it in the end. I think. Mm, absolutely, it, it was all worth it. Um, I mean, we'll go into it a little bit more detail our exploits yesterday and how, how we've how we felt that it went or was going yesterday and I mean I, we've both been there throughout the campaign it's so close to where we live we live in Leeds as viewers on uh, viewers sorry not viewing this are you listeners will know Batley and Spen is is just down the road it actually neighbours neighbours the the Leeds local authority area so it is very close very easy to get to and it's why both of us have spent some time there Funnily enough, actually, I, I've just been out on the day job being a social worker and uh, I've just been in Batley. And um, as I got into Batley and it says, welcome to Batley, I did a little cheer and, you know, sort of <laughs> lifted my, pumped my th- th- fist up into the air. It, it felt really, really good going back into that constituency again today, knowing that it was, uh, sorry, it remains a Labour constituency. And, and that is important. When I go back to Mansfield, where I'm originally from and Ashfield and all those sort of areas. And it's um, the now Tory, yeah. Tory held constituencies. It, it really does. It cuts deep. Did you um, not, uh, did you not arrive on an open top bus when you turned up today? <laughs> yeah. Away? Well, to a social work visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not? I mean, Galloway got away with it, which we'll come on yeah. to, but you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It should have, but yeah, it should have hijacked Galloway's bus, shouldn't I? And just um, gone on my, I'm, gone I'm, on my social work I'm sure visit, it's it? firmly yeah. abandoned now after his, uh, after his disappointing showing yesterday, the fedora wearing parasite, but yeah, we'll get on to it. <laughs> One can only hope. Yeah. Let's have a, I tell you what, let's have a whole section dedicated to George Galloway, I think, <laughs> slash Ryan Stevenson. Let's do that. But look, for, for, for a kickoff, you know, we won. It was a great result. Um, it, uh, defying all the odds. I think at one point the bookies had us a five percent chance of winning, um, yeah. which shows you the mountain we had to climb. We had we had a lot of um, there was a lot of things to to deal with, a lot of local issues, a lot of uh, obviously national issues to deal with. Nobody gave us a, a chance really, and yet we managed to pull it off. I mean, wh- why do you think that was? Well, I should say first, I won some money. Um, put, Did you? Very good. <laughs> yes, I had a bit on uh, Kim at six to four, so one point five for American odds people. Yeah, it's um, it it was just just the the icing on the cake. But I, I think yeah, I think I don't think would have for starters. I don't think we'd have won if Kim wasn't the candidate. Mm. Um, the majority was too small, um, but it just shows you the power of 
community activist standing on behalf of the party. I've been banging on about this on this podcast for a while. Yeah. And it seems like it's the way Kia's going. And if it is, then I'm really pleased because you're in tune with local issues. They share labour values. A lot of these people are already embedded into their communities. And he said, Kia said this morning that this was the first of many candidates like this. So I hope he does stick to that kind of community activism approach. I think the targeted leaflets, anyone that was in Batley and Spen over the campaign will have seen the um, the targeted leaflets about green spaces and housing spaces and, and the, the kind of things the party's been putting out on the developers' charter more widely and, and, and the, the PM and the government's plans for um, housing developments and cutting red tape and things like that to make it easier. Um, I, I just think that housing is in de- desperate need in this country. We've been in a housing crisis for over a decade now, if not, you know, slightly longer. It's getting but, much worse, by the way. Speaking it again yeah, with my social work, and, social and, work class councillor hat on, it's the worst it's ever been. Yeah, exactly. And rent prices, as everybody knows, especially those in the 20s like us, no. Mm. You know, oh, thanks, mate. But I'm not actually in my 20s uh, anymore, right. but thank it's, you. It's because you moisturise <laughs> so much. I do um, moisturise every day. <laughs> No, um, but, but people were accusing, you know, the campaign of nimbyism, not in my backyard, isn't. Mm. And, you know, I don't think that's entirely fair, if I'm honest. I think I think it was a case of just listening to local people and not just projecting what we want them to, to think onto them. I don't think it was against building new social housing. I don't think it was against providing any more homes and affordable homes and lowering rental prices and things like that. I just think it was taking on big developers that want to build on green spaces. And that is what the people in Batley and Spain cared about. And that's why we won because we had a candidate that knew they cared about that. You know, if, if Kim didn't stand, it's clear with the Galloway effect who let's remember, he pulled over 8,000 votes. We'd almost certainly have lost. We, we won because Tory voters in the villages around Batley were like Clackheaton and Heckmanwike and places like that, Liversedge, Gummersill, they, Tory voters, switched to Labour because it was Kim, because she's local, because they know her. Um, and it just shows how much of an impact well-known local activists have on elections. They become, they become almost apolitical in a way, um, but they share our values and we need to start selecting candidates like that if we're in, not just up north, but up and down the country, we need to be looking at what people care about and going towards them rather than telling them what they care about and imposing a candidate like, to an extent, we did in Hartlepool on them like that. Even though I've got huge amounts of respect for Dr Paul Williams and what he does, I still think that election stitch-up was a bit of a disaster. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Jeremy Corbyn, uh, the Jeremy Corbyn era, um, the project, whatever you want to call it, you know, I had a focus on local local candidates and candidates embedded in their community. Certainly at the um, at the local council level, you know, there was a, there was a huge push when I first got elected to have local candidates with um, roots into their community. The, the problem was with that is it had to be local candidates that had the politics of the. Um, of, of the leadership and, and, and anybody that, and, and, you know, there was a lot of deselecting people that didn't have the right politics that, that, that were local community activists that had been embedded in their community for a long, long time um, as local councillors, but, but beyond that as well. 
you know, so I think there has to, I think the point has to be a bit more nuanced. I mean, I, t- I totally, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And, you know, we're both exactly on the same, same page with this, you know, labor's up against it. We've got a massive uphill battle. You can insulate yourself and to a certain extent from national trends with really good local campaigns, but you've got to know the local issues, and especially in those sort of constituencies like Batley and Spen, where it's made up of a cluster of different towns, small villages and towns, where each each individual issue, each individual town, small town slash village has local issues that are that are, that are different slash different communities, uh, different outlook on life in many in many respects uh, from the next and you've got to you've got to have that local knowledge and understanding to be able to tap into that and campaign on their on their terms about issues and things that people care about and um, in a a way that people are going to respond to so I absolutely agree but the lesson was that you know the politics labor's a broad church so politics has whilst it is important of course it is um, you know we can't disregard really good local candidates because they don't have exactly the same politics as the leadership, which is what happened in in, in the five years during the Corbyn era. Yeah, agreed. I think there's a lot, a lot to be said as well for the ground campaign. Um, Holly mm, Lynch, um, I've never seen, uh, it was last Saturday, I've never seen as many members of the P- PLP outside Parliament in, in one space. <laughs> it was insane. You know, you had everybody there, Annalisa Dodds, Yvette Cooper, Richard Bergen, Fabian Hamilton, everybody, you know, from every side of the party, all campaigning together, and it was brilliant. Um, Holly Lynch um, especially has to take a lot of credit because I know she was the political lead um, on this, and and I think she was the agent as well, maybe or probably Paul Nicholson from Region was, but, you know, she did a lot of the organising for this in Yorkshire and Humber Region, and the amount of members as well that turned up from across the country, loads of members I know from London and, and the, the for instance, the GMB Westminster Parliament branch came up last Saturday. And, and it's just, it's just, it's brilliant to see so many people working together again from every wing of the party with one common goal of making sure a brilliant candidate was elected, was elected because she's the best person for this job. The fact is if, if she'd have lost, if Kim would have lost, she would have still been in Batley and Spain with the Joe Cox Foundation doing her incredible community work. But George Galloway and the media circus and Ryan Stevenson, they'd have all gone. It would have, it would have still been Kim Ledbeater stood there representing Batley and Spain, but she won't have a seat in Parliament. Thankfully, she does. But it's, um, it's testament to the work that um, people did on the ground, um, the, the mass swelling of members and the PLP, and just it just shows what we can do when we come together properly. Yeah, absolutely. So I met you, didn't I, at um, 12 on my lunch break, drove across from Leeds and did a quick hour or so. And then I, I came back about about six o'clock for the last last push, really, last couple of hours, two, two three hours. And um, I just turned up and just said, look, you know, uh, is anybody going out? Because there was, you know, loads of people, you know, people that I knew there, councillors from from Leeds and, uh, and MPs and things like that. But I just said, who's going out now? I just wanted to get out and do something. And this group, this guy said, oh, we're going out. And there was a group, there was uh, a guy from Birmingham, 
a, a guy from South London, a guy from North London, and it was brilliant. We just all went out together. You know, we we're talking about our local areas and stuff like that. We never really talked about politics, which which part of the party do you, do you affiliate with and all that rubbish. You know, all we talked about was how terrible the Tories are. You know, we're so frustrated that our heartlands are voting Tory, despite the fact that the areas that are voting Tory that were our heartlands have been hit hardest by austerity, been hit hardest by deindustrialization and unfettered neoliberalism. Um, so we're talking about those issues, all the issues. There was no need to talk about the nuanced well, that, yeah. political <laughs> arguments of, of the Labour Party because we were there for, we knew what we were there for. And that's what we, the Labour Party should be there for, which is to fight the Tories and 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 because of those economic policies, but also fight uh, George Galloway because of his foreign anti-LGBT uh, rhetoric that he was using to stir up conservative with a small c parts of the the asian community in that area you know and we were absolutely we were clear on uh, you know very clear on that all of us on those on those issues on those social issues as well and it was brilliant it was it was really uplifting and you know what tom I, i've been been in Batley and spend quite a few times throughout throughout the election as you had and you know and we discussed about it we might as well be honest we thought we we're going to lose yeah. I mean, we, we we talked about it. We didn't think, and, you know, I know what it's like to win an election. And actually, the you know, I think we're pretty, um, I think we're, we're vindicated in that view because at the end of the day, we did only get 36%, which is normally not enough to win an election. And, yeah. and so, you know, though, no wonder we were feeling that way. But when I walked, when I left in the evening, I did feel differently. And, and part of the reason for that was actually as I, I was walking down the street, uh, the streets, and I just started talking to people as I always do in the gardens and stuff. And there were loads of people out because it was really, really warm last night. People watering the gardens or sat in the gardens. And, and I spoke to about five people, four of them women, one of them uh, a man. Out of the women, one of the, one of the women, one of the women turned around to me and said, I'm voting for her because I knew Joe. Joe was lovely. I know she's her sister. Joe's always help my family um with some issues around social care and stuff like that another woman had turned around to me and said i'm voting political reasons that why you would expect people to vote labor the other person the other woman turned around to me and said or two of the other women sorry turned around to me and said voting kim because we think it's absolutely disgusting what george galloway has been saying and they were like we don't care if she's gay or not and you know and to for for george galloway to to make that a political uh, stick to beat kim with they found absolutely disgusting so they were going out and i said do you normally vote they said sometimes yeah but we were definitely going out to vote today and i was so impressed the bloke i spoke to was was just not going out to vote and you know it's a by-election so you know there we are but i think george galloway did have actually his, his what he was doing his campaign of hate actually did stir up uh, and um, and galvanize a, a lot of a lot of women into going out voting, which was it, brilliant. It certainly changed over the last forty eight hours and seventy two hours of campaign, didn't it? I mean, the um, yeah, as you say, the attitude that I had going round, in especially in Batley, that the the other villages were quite good. The other little spend towns and things like that, they they were quite good. There was quite a lot of Tory switches to Labour because it was Kim, and then I think that people that were on the fence about voting Labour at all because it's Labour and they usually vote Conservative was that, as you say, the video of George Galloway's disgusting campaign and him laughing while his thugs chase 
Kim down the street and then, you know, deliberate intimidation. I We'll talk about George Galloway now, shall we? I mean, I got, I was canvassing yesterday at one point in Batley and, and four men in a blacked out Range Rover turned up and started screaming at me and all the other activists out the window, calling us all sorts of names. This is outside a polling station as well, by the way, which is definitely illegal shouting at voters as they're going into the polling station, saying, why are you bothering if you're voting Labour, you're this, you're that. It was disgusting. And it was just it was just typical of that man's campaigning methods. And he he brings hatred and he just, everywhere, whether it's Tower Hamlets or Batley in Spain or Bradford, he just brings hatred with him and division and he tries to sow it. And Batley, people of Batley in Spain have chosen to reject that, which is brilliant. The issue is 8,000, over 8,000 people didn't. And we do need to reconnect with that community that thought that that was an acceptable way to vote because George Galloway's vile politics don't have any place in this country. Um, what, watching him rant and ramble, you know, outside outside the county and the Donald Trump-style conspiracy theory about not allowing a recount and things like that, even though they've done two bundle checks, which the Conservatives asked for and then said it's fine, it's clear that Kim has won, was just delicious, to be honest, <laughs> listening to him. And then he, he did he did, also, he did that interview with Owen Jones, didn't he, where he said he'd eat his hat, if his fedora, he said he'd eat it if, um, if we didn't come third. So I'm looking forward to him putting some salt and pepper on that. Yeah, I mean, he's a vile man. He's a vile man. I mean, I know um, the Tory candidate as well. I mean, look, it's, he was overshadowed on this occasion by um, by George Galloway. But, you know, I know Ryan, so I won't make it too personal because he's a councillor in the neighbouring ward where I represent. So he represents uh, Harewood Ward, which is, um, if anybody uh, lives up uh, up north, will know Harewood is a, a beautiful estate in Leeds. Uh, we won't go into the history of it, which uh, the history of Harewood House is abhorrent as well. I'll add that caveat into there but we don't need to talk about that we could do a whole podcast on that itself but the the ward itself is, is the most affluent part of uh, of Leeds I mean it's be that every house um is literally half a mile away from each other there must be less voters in Harewood ward than in any other ward in the uh, council area and it is a huge ward essentially it's a very very rural uh, and just incredibly wealthy. So, what what Ryan Stevenson' experience of of representing that area? Why he thinks that lends himself to to representing an area like Batley and Spen, which is incredibly diverse, um, with with pockets of real deprivation. And and I work in that area as a social worker. I know what. I, so I know the the issues in that area. What 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 Ryan would be able to bring to that area is beyond me. And, you know, and he is part of, of that new wave of, of, of Tories that, you know, that like the Ben Bradleys that, you know, that took over the Tory party in 2019 with their coup against Theresa May. And they are they are not the most pleasant of people. And quite frankly, if if George Galloway wasn't there, then I think we'd be would have a lot more to say about Ryan and um, and his politics. Um, and that's nothing personal against him. It's just that, you know, I just can't stand his politics. So Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And obviously we both have first-hand experience of Ryan because he, uh, I remember, I think the first time I came across him, he came to my sixth form <laughs> when I was at Boston Spies. He was Alex Shelbrook's uh, chief of staff. I don't know if he still is, probably is. 
Um, yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah well so he, really came, he came with Alec then to talk to loads of socialist students about how great he is, which was mildly hilarious. But then he stood against my boss in 2017 in North East Leeds, and we got a nearly 17,000 majority, and he was expected to win. And then he was expected to win this, and he's lost again. So, uh, honestly, I can't... And he, well, he lost against Richard Bergen as well, didn't he? He lost against when Richard he, Bergen. He was expected think, to win. Yeah. somewhere else. He stood somewhere else as well. So, he, he's just... He's a chanter. He's been all over. I can't see him them selecting him again um, for somewhere that's marginal. They might put him somewhere where... You know, because the Tories' selection process is a completely different process to us. It's not fair. It's through the associations. and You know, a minority of people pick. But it's... Um, I can't see them putting them anywhere in anywhere strategic. I mean, I understand why he campaigned like he did and just kept his nose out of the whole business and let Labour fight Galloway, you know, and, and tried to, you know, be as minimally there as possible. But apparently Tory sources have been giving it to the media all day that the, the ground operation to get out the vote yesterday for the Tories was horrendous. The, the, the data was all over the place because he'd not campaigned. And, and when you take that risk as a candidate like Ryan, and the Tories often do this, when there's a third party, whether that's the Lib Dems or George Galloway's rabble, they do often just pull out of any kind of face-to-face campaigning. I mean, he didn't turn up to the um, to the uh, the British Muslim TV hustings, um, you know, and all this, and it was quite clear what he was trying to do. Um, but it can go one of two ways, and, and, and it went the other way for him. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable that they, they managed to... To lose votes I mean you know given the national trend and you know let's put this into perspective Labour lost seven percent of our vote share we won an election with 36 percent this is in an area that at the moment certainly after 10 years of Tory government it should definitely be Labour we won it in 2019 with a 3,000 majority. We won it much more comfortably, comfortably than that in the past. This is not a good result for the Labour Party. Let's not dress this up and start celebrating and thinking, you know, that we're somehow that this is a positive. But it's important. And, and everybody involved in this campaign has to be uh, really proud of themselves and what they've been able to achieve because the, the odds were hugely stacked up against us because of the national trend. It's a national trend that's been happening for years and years now. And we talked about it at length in the last, in the last podcast, but it's a national trend that is not over. We are not seeing a reversal of the Tories' fortunes in areas that have traditionally, and with demographics that have traditionally voted Labour. And, uh, you know, there was a, a, a terrible council by-election result last night in Stoke-on-Trent, where I think the Tories gained something like 34% percentage points swing towards them. Um, and Labour lost 12 percentage points. What, but what we have managed to do by not losing this this by-election, by holding it on with the skin of our teeth, is we've given ourselves some breathing space to regain the agenda and start to regain the momentum. We've perhaps stopped or stymied the momentum for the Tories for the time being, because these things are, are, are momentum. When I was talking about uh, talking to constituents at the beginning of the campaign in Batley and Spen, you know, the conversation was all Labour's finished. Look at what happened in Hartlepool. That was with, with people that have traditionally voted Labour. So, you know, the, the public feels 
they pick up. That's why we, why we talk about momentum so much in politics. The public feels momentum. They know what's happening to political parties, their fortune, and it, and people vote with talk to their friends when there's a ne- um, and and you know there's a negative atmosphere around the Labour Party. There's question marks being asked uh, around uh, you know the leadership and that sort of thing. That that permeates into conversation, which then leads into sort of negativity, which which then leads into people deciding to vote a different way when they're talking to their friends at the pubs and things yeah i should say um the, the conservatives have lost two by-elections in the space of a month um so that has certainly killed the momentum and hopefully we are past the peak of boris johnson's personal approval ratings you know um especially after the vaccine rollout i think one thing i should say is some people the same people that said this was a referendum on Keir Starmer's leadership have suddenly changed their minds, which I find extremely funny. You know, people from, usually from the far left, of either of the party or just of politics in general, have claimed that this was make or break for Keir Starmer. But then as soon as he wins, it's nothing to do with him. And I'm sorry, but you have to pick one. You can't just change. It's so transparent, I'm sorry. But, um, and I understand if you think it's because Keir had a lower profile in the campaign, but you can't have both, unfortunately. So, oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, it would it would have been the case that if if Keir had lost this, then he's done. Um, now he's still done, but he's just managed to hold on by the this given seat. I mean, I mean, what you know, and I don't buy that at all. I think, but I do think that he's got some breathing space now to be assertive and uh, and to take hold of the agenda. The thing is that we're coming to the end, hopefully, of the sort of initial COVID era. We're going to go now into sort of recovery and 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 hopefully there's time to reflect on what happened over the course of the crisis and the way that the, the government handled it. But, you know, we will start to, the, the conversation will now start to be about how do we build back better? What, how, where do we go from this? As well as that, we're also going to start discussion around Brexit, which has been so prominent since probably 2019, the beginning of 2019, has also started to to go on um, into a different sort of levels and different topics of conversation around, you know, how was it handled? What's the deal, the impact of the deal that we've had? What's the impact of the economy on, on Brexit overall? And again, how do we build back better? So there is now, as the narrative is starting to turn and change, now there's an opportunity for, for Keir to assert himself. But, and, and especially given that he's been given this, this breathing space to do it now that we've won this election, but he's got to take it. And just to go back to your point, Tom, about the, about the Tories, we're in a weird situation where the Tories are losing places that, that are their heartland. So, you know, as the last by-election, what's the name of that by-election? I forget where the Lib Dems... Cheshire Chesham and Amersham. I've never heard of the place, never heard of the constituency <laughs> at all. But, you know, the, 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 the Lib Dems did incredibly well there. And I think the Tories are really at risk in some of their heartlands. But our heartlands, those demographics that voted Tory for the first time in 2019 and have continued to do so, that trend has not stopped. We have not stopped that trend. And this by-election actually proves that because we lost seven point whatever percent percentage share of the vote now you could argue that's because of Galloway and and uh, he targeted specifically the aging community or the conservative parts of the aging community but actually my experience about me and Spen and speaking to the communities that traditionally voted Labour they were they were still not voting Labour I mean I don't know what you think about that did you have a different experience for sort of communities you know I'm talking about people working class people predominantly white areas that have traditionally voted Labour we're not coming back to us in the droves in this election. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I very similar experience. Um, 
um, to you. I think uh, the lessons to be learned, I think Kim is everything an MP should be in in the ideal world. You know, she's local and she cares, she's experienced, she's committed. It's it's that kind of thing that do get people voting. And yeah, there probably was some, well, certainly was some tactical voting from Tories just to upset Galloway because they hate what he stands for. And I completely agree with them. Um, and there, there was obviously a massive tactical vote in Cheshire and Amersham and we had a brilliant candidate and unfortunately she lost a deposit and we got the worst ever result because there was a lot of tactical voting. That's not the only reason why we came dead last with 1.6% or whatever it was, but it was, it, was, it was a big one. So I think, you know, I'm not a favour of this progressive alliance nonsense, but between the Lib Dems and, and Labour because I don't think they stand up for our values and the last time they... Uh, they claim to stand up for Labour players to jump straight into coalition with Tories. So um, take that what you will. But I think I do think that there are lessons to be learned from this. And I don't think it's the silver bullet just winning this. Um, and I think Kim, Kim's personality and Kim as a person had a lot to do with it. It's how you translate this momentum with a small M into further gains and wins for Labour because that's what we need. We can't just hold on to seats. We need to gain them. We need, we've got a huge mountain to climb. The next election, you know, it's scheduled for 2024, but it looks like it's going to be 2023. We need to get a move on and we need to get a move on quickly. We're looking, they, they could be, I'm not going to mention why because there's legal matters, but there could be another by-election in Wakefield very soon, you know. And we've got a chance. <laughs> and yeah, we've got a chance, well, as we should, yeah. Given what the legal issues are. And, and, and because it's been so traditionally Labour anyway. Um, and it was only 2019 that it went. So we'll, we'll just see. But we, we do need to learn the lessons of this quickly. I hope the leader's office are. And I'm sure they are learning the lessons of this quickly, what works, what doesn't. And I hope that Keir Starmer can really reinvigorate his leadership over this. Um, I think if he'd have, for the record, I think if he'd have lost, I don't think he would have uh, suffered a, a realistic leadership challenge, let's put it that way. Then there would have been yeah. a stalking horse candidate from the left. Yeah. Yeah. And and that could have been the opportunity for him to reinvigorate his leadership, you know. But that's irrelevant now um, because we've won. Kim Ledbetter MP is 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 successfully returned. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm still riding high on the sleep deprivation and the wave of joy <laughs> from actually winning an election for once. But yeah, it's, it's quite nice. <laughs> what do you mean for once? I won in May. You yeah, were a part of that. yeah, that's true. No, that not is... quite the same. Not right, quite. Take... It, didn't, it didn't have quite the same national profile. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> um, I know, right? Uh, but no, yeah, I think we're both tired. It's um, it's not the easiest of podcasts, and uh, <laughs> because, for that reason, and maybe we've been rambling a little bit. But um, look, the takeaways from it are, are pretty simple. You know, get a good local candidate with uh, with roots into the community that's going to work hard. She had tons of energy, Kim. She was constantly out. She knew what it was all about, you know, local sports clubs, local, um, you know, knitting groups, whatever, litter picking groups, friends of groups, everything, speaking with them all the time, listening, reassuring those groups that she's going to be there, she's going to support them. And and she was sincere. She was a good person. The quality, what you need to be an MP, which is more important, which is broadly the right politics, i.e. Labour Party politics. You need sincerity uh, and being a good person and lots of energy. That is far more important than having uh, the exactly same aligned views as the leadership of the Labour Party at the time or 
whoever's running the CLP at the time. On top of that as well, you know, we managed to get a huge, have a huge ground game and that's what really won it. But when you win by 300 votes like that, that's because we were knocking up on the day thousands of people. Well, there was thousands of volunteers over the time, got data and knocked it up. And, you know, on a smaller scale in my election as well, we, if you remember me and you, when it was raining and there was 13, 14 of us, um, you know, for the last couple of hours of that campaign, knocking people up, I won by 137 votes. That normally doesn't happen. So it is important to have those activists there um, on the day getting people out. It's about energy, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, it's about energy. It's about honesty. And it's about a, a dedication to what you the people that you're, trying to represent, um, which we know came as. If you select some, I'm, I'm labouring the point, but if you select someone like him that already has these roots into the community, you have a head start. <laughs> and it's a exactly. really good head start as well. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to overstate how good a head start that is. You know what you're going to say. They know yeah. the issues. You know, that, that takes like weeks off the campaign so you can just get straight yeah. into it. You know your lines you know, the main message, and it, it just it just works. And I'm not saying it's silver bullet because it's not. A lot of the messaging still comes from leadership and it's getting worse in terms of, not, not the leadership messaging, the the way people view elections in this country for the last, since Blair, have probably been getting more presidential in that people yeah. think they're voting for Keir Starmer or Jeremy Corbyn or Boris Johnson rather than the Conservative Party or the Labour Party. So... And that, that's especially true with Boris Johnson. So I just think there's a lot to learn from this, but we need to learn it quickly. And that is what, all I will say. He's like a little bit like Alex Ferguson, isn't it? You know, Alex Ferguson, everybody always said the minute Alex Ferguson leaves Manchester United, that's that's when they're going to struggle. And nobody believed it because you thought of them this a huge institution. But it was absolutely true. People vote for Boris Johnson. They, they vote for the Tories, uh, you know, to a certain extent. And that is, their attitude of the Tories is changing. But, uh, you know, a, a year and a half ago, in in the in my communities, it was, and people are going to have to excuse my French here, but it was always those Tory bastards. And people don't talk about them like that anymore. So Boris has perhaps managed to persuade people that um, well, the Tories are on their side. But He's, he's blurred the line and formed yeah. an, a really powerful electoral coalition between people voting for the Conservative Party, largely in the home counties, you know, traditional Conservative with the small C areas, but also people that are voting for Morris and this clown that that mm. people have, have taken to because of his personality. And that is a really strong thing and it's really hard to recreate. Um, Blair did it. Brown didn't. Miliband didn't. You know, as, as I'm not a Blairite as such, but the fact of the matter is <laughs> we are our election record is Blair, 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 lose, 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 lose. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we need to get our heads around that pretty quickly. But there are also new things that have completely changed since 1997, 2005, that, that, that we, we can learn from this and we can expose these frauds that are in government at the minute through this community activism. And I think people like him are best place to do it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Quickly then on the direction of the party, we've touched on it. There is an opportunity now. Um, He's got to come out. Keir Starmer has to come out, talk about policies, talk about the vision for the future. I was speaking to one of my clients today, social work clients, well, the parent of one of my clients, actually. And she was saying that she's down very low at the moment. 
and she would be because uh, her son's very autistic and very challenging. But she was also saying she just doesn't feel any hope. Now, she's a Labour voter. She's always been a Labour voter. She was a public sector worker. She doesn't work at the moment because she cares for her son. So she's seen firsthand all the government cuts, how it's affected her son, but also affected her working life, squeeze on living wages, being a public sector worker, the deterioration in her community. Actually, she lives in Batley and Spen, funnily enough, which is strange. Uh, I not even clicked onto that when I was talking. She's very apt that I talk about this one person. But she was also saying she feels miserable because she feels absolutely hopeless. Things have been so bad for 10 years for people, for so many people, and things are only going to get worse with the Conservative government. They are only going to get worse because we know the, the Conservative government, what, the, what they always do, which is they cut funding to, to public services that people rely on. They cut the wages of public sector workers. They don't give resources to the communities that need them in the north of England, despite this Towns Fund or, and, and the rest of the sort of tokenistic things that the Tories are doing to the north of England. But there doesn't seem to be a vision from the Labour Party to counter that. Why would you vote for the Labour Party at the moment? If I'm wrong, somebody get in touch with me and tell me. Tell me why you would vote for the Labour Party at the moment, other than the fact that you have a connection with the Labour Party historically and you hate the Conservative Party and any and voting for any other party is a wasted vote. Tell me a Labour Party policy. Tell me something that the Labour Party is offering um, that fills you with hope and thinks this is and this is why I'm going to vote for the Labour Party because I don't think there is anything out there. Now I don't blame Keir Starmer for that. That's why I'm not somebody calling for Keir Starmer's head at all. And I don't. I think he's had the hardest start to a leadership election. Uh, sorry, a leadership of the Labour Party ever. Let's face it. It, it was terrible to to become the leader of the Labour Party. But now there is an opportunity. Now the now we are at the end of the COVID, the first stage of the COVID period, hopefully, with the vaccine rollout as successful as the Tories are saying that it is. Now the Brexit deal is done. He, he has got the space to talk about a vision. So what is that? Get that out there and tell people. Yeah, and we do have an opportunity now because, as you say, furlough is winding down, started winding down the first phase of it yesterday. And as the Tories remove that support, remove that funding and try to balance the books again, like they always do, there will inevitably be cuts and there will inevitably be suffering um, in the most deprived communities. And we need to be there for the people that do suffer from these cuts. And that's our existing MPs, which are brilliant and will be there, <laughs> our existing councillors and every elected representative that Labour has, which will be there. But then that's when the places that don't have them representative, that's when they rely on community activists that sometimes share Labour values, sometimes are Labour members, and that's when they need to be involved in our political movement because that is how we win. It's, it's when we are there for people. And you're right, we need people to be encouraged to vote for Labour, want to vote for Labour, and not just vote for us because it's a tactical vote against some parasite like George Galloway or um, a, a tactical vote to keep the Tories out. We need them. It needs to be more than that. I'm sorry, but any party could come in and do that. We're supposed to be a national party of government, and if we're realistic about it, they need to be encouraged by us, and that's why we need to set out a vision now. And I, I, I am confident Keir is going to do that over the next few months. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. Well, where are you watching the England game? Have you got plans for it, Tom? I have. I have got plans. I'm going to the pub. Um, in in a shock move, I will be going to the pub to watch Brilliant. watch the uh, England game. So hopefully, we won't be able to remember any of it. Um, with it being an eight o'clock kickoff and arriving at kind of 
two o'clock in the afternoon, but we'll see. It's, it's, it's going to be good. Uh, but I need some sleep first. After last night, I need some sleep. It's, it's... Yes. You're not watching the football tonight, then? Oh, no. You're going to sacrifice it. I'm I'm it what time is it now? Half past four. I'm oh, tempted to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there is a political point to bring for the England game, which is why I mentioned it right at the end, which is I was really shocked, actually, that the day after England's fantastic and historic victory against Germany, that the headlines and the front the front covers of all the newspapers, pretty much all of them, there were some exceptions, featured Harry Kane and not Raheem Sterling. Now, I was upset by that. I thought that Raheem Sterling, he, he's, he's faced controversy. He has been a fantastic advocate for communities outside of football. And he's gone to these Euros with, with mean-spirited people saying that he's passed it, he shouldn't be in the squad, and he's scored three goals. And he's been the only reason that, that England are in the position that they are, and yet he wasn't front and centre. And it does worry me. I mean, I'm, I'll leave it at that, but I, I was shocked and upset. Now, when Raheem Skirling, no doubt, scores a hat-trick, on Saturday, and Harry Kane nods one in in the last minute. If it <laughs> remains the same, then we'll know that there there is an issue. Well, yeah, I mean, he's never been treated well by the media. No, um, and yeah, I, I I think we know why. Um, mm. And 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 it's the same. It's the same. The same type of media that do treat him like that. I, I think is as you say, is him and Marcus Rashford in that team, and John Henderson. Yeah. Brilliant yeah. advocates for progressive yeah. politics, Progr- yeah. not progressive politics, just decent causes. They're just decent yeah. work. They're just decent um, people. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, John Henderson is brilliant on trans rights um, after uh, a, a trans a trans person went to the Wembley the other week and, 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 you know, and came out as trans on Twitter, I think. And John Henderson praised them. And it was, just, it was just, it's just really good to see them all taking on this kind of stuff. Um, and I think it's just, hopefully it's the way, you know, the world's going more generally and then we can all live happily, you know? So, yeah, I think, but I think... Oh, that is, utopian dream, mate. Yeah, I, think. No, I, 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 do think, I do think there is a lot to be said for how Sterling gets treated by the media and just uh, watch the pushback over the next few days. Absolutely. Right, okay. Well, let's uh, leave it there then and both go and get some sleep, I think. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> nice one, Tom. Right, cheers. <laughs>